Hi, this is Josh Marcingale, your host with the Abundant Encounters podcast. So glad you joined us today. We know how faithful God is, and if you've come seeking, the good news is that you will find. We believe that it's important for Christians to have regular encounters with God. We've put together resources to help you, especially if you've either never had an encounter, it's been too long. Um, We have one-on-one counseling and um, other resources that you can find out about. And we would love for you to go find out more about us at AbundantEncounters.com. This podcast is meant to be an opportunity for you to meditate on God's Word, which brings about faith and hearing ears. And with that faith and hearing ears, we will listen for what God is saying and practice coming face to face with Him. And sometimes this very much does result in a real encounter. And um, we're always thankful for those testimonies. So we'd love to hear from you. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you've not left us here on our own. Lord, that you have an abundance to share with us, Lord that heaven isn't short on encounters. Lord, I bind anything with the authority that Jesus Christ has provided to me. I bind anything that would hinder your presence, hinder what you want to say, what you want to do during this time with each of us, Lord. Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, release encounters dreams, visions, moments with you that are unmistakable, Lord. Maybe they're moments just for us. Maybe they're moments that include others, Lord, multiple witnesses, Lord. I pray for those encounters to just absolutely multiply in each of our lives. Come, Lord. Help us engage with heaven on earth. In Jesus' name. We are continuing in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation in chapter 10. Now please listen, for I need to address an issue. I'm making this personal appeal to you by the gentleness and self-forgetfulness of Christ. I am the one who is humble and timid when face to face with you, but bold and outspoken when a safe distance away. Now I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you, which I am willing to do by daring to confront those who mistakenly believe that we are living by the standards of the world not by the Spirit's wisdom and power. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons 
are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and breaks through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. You seem to always be looking at people by their outward appearances. If someone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should remind himself of this. We belong to Christ no less than he does. I am not ashamed even if I've come across as one who has overstated the authority given to us by the Lord. For it is the authority to help build you up, not tear you down. I don't want to seem as though I'm trying to bully you with my letters. But I can imagine some of you saying, his letters are authoritative and stern, but when he's with us, he's not that impressive, and he's a poor speaker. Such a person should realize that when we arrive, there will be no difference in the actions we take and the words we write. Of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. They compare to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by, and then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self-delusion! But we are those who choose to limit our boasting to only the measure of work to which God has appointed us. A measure that, by the way, has reached as far as you. And since you are within our assigned limits, we didn't overstep our boundaries of authority by being the first to announce to you the wonderful news of the Anointed One. We're not trying to take credit for the ministry done by others going beyond the limits God set for us. Instead, our hope soars as your faith continues to grow, causing a great expansion of our ministry among you. Then we can go and preach the good news in the regions beyond you without trespassing on the ministry sphere of other laborers and what they have already done. For the one who boasts most boasts in the Lord. So let's be clear, to have the Lord's approval and commendation is of greater value than bragging about oneself. So a little testimony, maybe a year and a half or so ago during COVID, uh, my wife and I had planned to move to uh, Destin, Florida, and if you're familiar, it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Um, some friends of ours were eager to have us on board and helping them with the ministry school plant that they had planned there. They even helped us set up part-time jobs. And, um, 
not everything was set in stone, but so many things were taken care of and prepared. And and, uh, it was was right about the time that we were planning to leave and we had a few weeks. And my wife and I were in our living room and, and we were talking about Destin and we realized that peace had completely left us, my wife. Uh, said at first, she said, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have peace about Destin. And as she did, I almost tried to stop her like, no, don't do that. I, uh, personally, I grew up at the beach, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and really love it there and, and have always wanted to live at the beach again and, um, have since traveled and lived in many places. But, um, as, as she said that and, and admitted to it, I, I knew that I didn't feel peace either. And um, several months before that, it seems complicated, but we had, I personally, I had gone um, to meet with a friend in Selma, Alabama. Selma is a beat down area that is. Um, just high in racial tensions and um, economic uh, struggles is is common and there's just a lot of poverty uh, a lot of empty buildings feels like a little bit like a ghost town but there's a guy that I connected with in ministry there and and so I just randomly had gone to visit him uh, several months before this, and it caught my attention. I came home, told my wife, something's happening in Selma. Well, all this time passes, and now we're back to this moment where we lost our peace about moving to Destin. And as soon as I admitted to it, after my wife had, um, I said, well, I guess we need to pray and just before we began to pray, my wife, who was clearly tuned into the Holy Spirit at the time more than me, she uh, she said, "What about what about Bob and Selma?" And I thought, "Okay, we need to call him and find out if there's anything that we can do there." Um, and as soon as we said that, the peace came back. Now our friend is uh, is a really amazing revivalist in this town, and he's been a judge, and um, he's just done so much to try to bring together cultures, and has a church that's very much a come as you are representative in the body of Christ. Beautiful church that takes people, no matter what condition they're they are in. Um, it's common or frequent that people would even show up to the services under the influence and of uh, drugs and alcohol. But it it's made clear that that in this church they want people to come no matter what because they need God and they need to be in the house of the Lord. Really beautiful place in the heart of the city. This city that was that could easily occupy 
a few hundred thousand people is is uh, roughly 20,000 in population. It's a, nearly a ghost town. And God is moving there. And God moved my wife and I to this place. We didn't really know what was going to happen at first. Our friend, the revivalist, he was already connected in a lot of different places through nonprofits and so he found a way and wanted us to come and uh, so we took on an internship for a little while and and but things just started to work my wife um, who had never uh, done sales before or even considered it she was a, a dance instructor for all of her life and uh, taught kids and mentored young girls and that was her entire working career and um, but this so we walked into a car dealership and she was offered a job other things just kept falling into place uh, a job opened up at the the church where uh, where our friend the revivalist uh, pastored and it was a full-time position and uh, and it's just been one thing after another and the favor of the Lord has been very sincere and very obvious now in contrast um, I'd lived in Southern California for quite a few years I I got my master's in business and um, I have always loved it always dreamed about going back I brought my wife there and we lived there for a year and it was the year of no favor <laughs> it was the exact opposite of our experience in Selma and our authority um, was nil we did see some miracles, but nothing like I had seen in a previous season in the same area. So all of this testimony just to say that when a place is given to us by the Father, there is favor. It's, it's not a clever, it's not just a clever saying where the Lord guides he provides which I've heard Christians say it is a good there's there's a goodness in the land of the living that the Lord has for each of us and um, he wants us to know the reality of his blessing in this life and so I, I feel very encouraged by what Paul is explaining here that um, and it's just, there's just so much honor and respect in this um, in this passage of scripture towards uh, you know the, the place the spheres of influence that one one congregation may have and another it's good to know our lane as some people say stay in your lane it's good to know where our lane is and Thankfully, we serve a wonderful Father whose desire is not to keep our identity from us, but is to preserve it and hold on to it 
so that we can find it. He hides it for us, not from us. And so for the activation, I would love for you to have either what I have as far as peace and knowing that I am where I'm supposed to be in my sphere of influence and my sphere of authority. I'd love to pass that along, kind of the heavenly economy that testimony provides. Testimonies are like the wallet of heaven, the wallets of heaven. And um, it's just so cool. I'd, I'd love to just hand over some heavenly currency to you, some faith that God will let you know where you need to be. He will give you peace. He will give you favor. He will partner with you in that place to bring revival, to bring hope and healing, restoration. We've seen all those things in our short time in Selma, Alabama, a place where neither my wife nor myself have family, but we have spiritual family in abundance. And it continues. And we know that God has so much more and that this season, at least for now, hasn't come to a close. So for the activation, I'd like you to imagine yourself in an extremely safe place, the safest place you can think of. A friend of mine once said, he, he explained to me that he went to his child's bedroom but wherever that safe place is for you, even if it's back in time, go there now. And I want you to invite the Father into that, that safe space. Father God is the provider, the protector. Take a look at him now and, you know, go from, from, you know, 720 pixels to 1080 pixels and then all the way to 4K if you can. Just can go deeper and deeper and deeper. Look at any details. What is he doing? What does he look like? What's a look on his face? If you're struggling with this, then it's important to ask, Father God, am I believing any lies about you? If you discover a lie, it's perfectly normal, no matter what stage or how long you've been a Christian. Lies come, they come and attack and deceive. It's what they do. It's good to find them. If you found one, begin to root it out. Ask where you began to believe that lie. Maybe there's someone you need to forgive. Maybe it's simpler than that. Maybe you just need to renounce it and ask God what the truth is.
do that now. If a troubling memory has come to you, I want to encourage you when you're ready to face that memory, but do it with Jesus. Ask Jesus where he is. Jesus is very faithful to heal and help you heal memories, painful experiences. seeing Jesus in a painful experience, asking him questions, questions that may hurt you to a certain extent, but the healing will come. Ask him, Jesus, where were you? And sometimes it's important to look behind you or, or begin to imagine him in this space. Even if that feels like you might be forcing something, begin to do it and then look at him and allow him to move and communicate to you through that. My heart really does go out to you and I, and I pray that God would really meet you right now in Jesus' name. And for those of us that are experiencing Father God, I want you just to press into that and ask Father God. I love this question. It always helps me. If you've heard me ask it before, it's just important to start with it. Ask Father God, what do you think of me? Out of all the sessions I've done, when I ask that question, it's almost invariable that God will say, I'm proud of you, I love you, you're my favorite. Statements like those, he's dying to get through to us, that he's not angry with us. And why is that important? It's important to establish sonship before we ask this next question. Whether you're a daughter or a son, sonship has to do with inheritance in the Hebrew culture. Sonship was meant you received everything. When Jesus uh, talks about our inheritance, when the scriptures talk about our inheritance, it talks about sonship in the sense that we receive like the Hebrew culture's first born son would receive the inheritance. So whether you're a daughter or son of God, sonship is about your inheritance. It's also about your position. And I want to establish that position before we ask the next question. If you need to make a declaration, this is the perfect time to do that. I have my sonship in this life 
because of what Jesus paid for. You can work it out. You can say, Jesus paid enough so that I would have my sonship, so that I would be positioned in heavenly places with authority and power. And now I want you to ask Father God to take you up like in the clouds. And I want you to imagine those clouds kind of separating. And under those clouds, whatever you see, just ask the Lord to reveal the place that he's called you to. If none of that imagery is working for you, that's completely okay. Just ask Father God the question, where is my sphere? What is the call that you've put on my life? Who are the people in my sphere of influence? Take some time now and begin to write some of that down or make a mental note. Some of you, uh, prophetically, I feel like some of you are really going to be breaking out from the birdcage. Maybe you've been in a time of study in your life. Maybe you've been learning and learning and learning. Uh, but the Lord is calling you out. He's opened that the birdcage up. and He wants you to be free now. It's time for you to move in this. Somehow, someway, he brought you to this podcast today so you would hear these words. And I want to encourage you that you're in the right place. This is the right time. And these are the right words for you to hear. You're free. If you have fears or anxiety, it's important that you give those to Jesus now. Give that to him and ask him, do you have anything in exchange for this fear that I give to you now? Maybe begin to see him hand you a gift. Open it up to reveal what's inside. Maybe you can eat it or wear it. It's important that you allow it to take the place of where that fear was. If you were hearing from Joshua in the book of Joshua from the Bible and the Old Testament, 
he would tell you be very courageous and take the land. Do what you see your father doing. Say what you hear him say. Practice your ears with the Lord. Practice your eyes with the Lord. Take risk, make mistakes. If you don't make any mistakes, you're not risking enough. It's okay, I just wanna challenge you, just like Joshua would. Be very courageous. God bless you. Today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God. AbundantEncounters.com The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.